So today is mainly an activities day, which is nice. Um, you should have paper on your tables. If there isn't quite a, enough paper on your table for everyone who's sitting at your table, you can always steal some paper from a nearby table. Um, but yeah, so that's just a heads up that we will be doing um, a little activity. Um, yeah, so my name is Rod, as I said. My pronouns are he and him, as I said. And um, I might start, it, start us off with a prayer since we're talking about prayer today. Loving God, thank you for delicious coffee, the way it kind of flattens out or evens out my uh, melancholy temperament with a bit of stimulation. Um, and so be with us today not just with the spirit of caffeine, but with um, your spirit to help us to, um, to be present to each other and to wrestle with the question of how we speak to you, how we sit with you, how we um, navigate this question of prayer when for so many of us prayer is so tainted by our previous experiences of it by the way people have prayed for us in violent ways and for the way prayer has become, um, yeah, a triggering source of trauma for so many of us. So help us to find a way through that and help us to be gentle and kind. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so last week we began... Um, just a two-week mini bit on uh, the Abba prayer, as I said. And so yesterday, I mean, sorry, last week was all the kind of talky stuff, really, just setting up for this week. So apologies if, A, you weren't here last week, and B, you haven't listened to the podcast, but, you know, you'll catch up. It's not that um, profound what was said last week. Uh, I'll give you just a very quick synopsis, and then we can get on to the activities. Uh, so we're, we're doing... As I said, a series on wisdom and a mini-series within that on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we did a couple of weeks on the Beatitudes and now a couple of weeks on uh, the Abba Prayer. And um, at the beginning of this mini-series, Tamsin set us up with this idea of what Jesus is doing is kind of really overturning our sense of who God is with the popular conception of who God is with is that God is with the rich and powerful and Jesus overturns that. Um, and we see that not just in the Beatitudes but also in the Abba prayer, uh, a prayer that is about the very simple things in life of our debts being cancelled and having enough bread to survive the day. But the problem is that <clears throat> these prayers, if we say them week in and week out over years, they can be emptied of meaning, and if the, um, the translation of that prayer is full of language that is triggering for us, then it can be even more difficult to engage and to find life in this prayer. Um, so, yeah, we wrestled last week with the question of, in a general sense, how do we, how do we redeem this prayer? How do we think about it differently? And I... Um, need to move to the next slide if I can. 
This isn't working, Dan, so can you take us to the next? Actually, let's go to the next one. Thank you. Um, so last week, we just talked about five ways in which we might redeem prayer generally, five ways in which we might redeem or breathe, breathe new life into the Abba prayer. Um, yeah, so we talked about allowing new metaphors for God to sit behind our prayer, metaphors that might be more life-giving. Uh, last week we talked about the idea of God as midwife, for example. We talked about having new images of what prayer is, not prayer as an individualistic vending machine, but perhaps conspiring with God to bring in a commonwealth of justice and love where everyone has enough to eat and no one is trapped by debts they can never repay. Um, yeah, we, we talked about trying to see this prayer as a prayer of the colonised and not a prayer of the coloniser. Um, the third thing we talked about was, yeah, new playful and life-giving practices of prayer, singing, dancing, stillness, eating together, paying attention as forms of prayer. We talked about cultivating these practices as regular habits, not habits driven by fear or guilt, but by a sense of trust that those habits will bear fruit in our lives, that they will make a difference. Um, and remembering to be kind to ourselves if we fail at these things. And lastly, we talked about having an expanded sense of what prayer is. Um, that if God is not attention-craving, but life-giving, then anything that deepens the presence of life, love, kindness, and a passion for justice and reconciliation in our lives counts as prayer. Um, ooh, that was just a little teaser there. Um, so today I want to dig more deeply into trying out different perhaps playful options for engaging with the Lord's Prayer. And again, as I say, this is treating this prayer as a model for prayer generally. So hopefully we can kind of um, apply some of the things that we explore today to kind of prayer generally. Um, so with a prayer like the Lord's Prayer, one option, I guess, is um, to individually try to rethink the way that we engage and the way that we pray this prayer. Um, so one simple option is to uh, create a, an inclusive version of this prayer, just to translate it differently so that the words are not tarnished for us, so that the words are fresh again. Um, so actually, I think two slides on, Dan is, oh, this one, that's right. Um, so this is the prayer that I shared with you in the weekly note this week, which is from the um, Anglican prayer book in New Zealand. And it's an example of yeah, an attempt to create a new form of this prayer that is um, perhaps less triggering for us that we can engage with differently. Uh, would someone like to read this one for us? Just so it's not so much of my voice. Thanks, Karen. The Lord's Prayer. Eternal Spirit, Earthmaker, 
pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother, parent of us all, loving God in whom is heaven. The hallowing of your name echo through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom. Sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Thanks, Karen. So this is one option for us when we are trying to breathe new life into a prayer, to reinterpret it, to retranslate it, and to try to find another set way of engaging with this prayer which brings new life. Um, Another option I came across in uh, this book recently called The Power of Ritual, Um, and I thought this was, yeah, this was a a delightful way of um, kind of changing up our experience of the Lord's Prayer every day. Um, I'll just read it, but um, do you want to take us back to our, actually to back to the tarot card slide? There we go. Um, Yeah, so I thought this was a delightful rethinking of how you keep a prayer fresh. Um, You may have traditions that you were raised with that you can adapt and reinterpret. Or you might explore mixing together elements that bring alive a practice of prayer in a whole new way. I was very surprised to find myself repeating a traditional prayer in the midst of the snow boots and winter jackets in the cupboard of my old house. So that the writer Caspar de de Quee, um, his prayer space is the cupboard in his house. Um, I'd learned this prayer at my boarding school and I'd always resented knowing it by heart. It's the Lord's Prayer, a central element of Christian devotional life. The opening words in particular, our Father, the ultimate patriarchal language for God, felt bitter in my mouth. Surely, I said to myself, if God is a mystery, there has to be language that awakens my soul rather than flattens it. So, drawing on my love of forests, I found a tarot deck brimming with images set in woodlands. Now, when I start my adoration prayer time, I pull a card out of the deck. I lay it face up and allow that day's image to spark my imagination of what the divine looks like. A wolf, a king of stones, a wren, the page of arrows, or two twisting serpents symbolizing balance. And so I start the most traditional of prayers by saying, our wolf who art in heaven, or our balance who art in heaven, whatever the cards offer stretches my image of what or who God might be that day. Again, you don't have to rush out and buy yourself a pack of tarot cards, but it's just a beautiful illustration of perhaps playful practices 
that can expand our imagination, allow us to re-engage with things that are either tired for us or where it's become so rote that it's been emptied of meaning. Um, so that's what some examples of what we can do as individuals, but um, today I want to do a practice which, a little bit inspired by that practice, allows us to do the same kind of thing collectively as a community. Um, so, if, can you go to the next slide, Dan? Uh, the next one, sorry. We'll leave that one. So, everyone has, you have paper and pens on your table. And what we're going to do today is try to create a, um, a, a gallery of images of the divine that we can wander through as a way of sparking our imagination when it comes to how we picture God when we pray and perhaps breathe new life into the way that we pray. Um, because, and Tamsin and Shane and I were talking about this the other day, um, there's this beautiful opportunity when you engage with God as a community to at one and the same time, sit in your own kind of comfortable home place or image of God, but also in community to encounter the comfortable home places that others, the image that is most comfortable for other people, and to feel a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of tension perhaps in that image, not sitting as comfortably with us, and yet because you are a person I have chosen to trust and be in community with. I'm willing to sit in that tension. There are images of God out there. All of us know this. There are images of, our, of God out there that we are not ever going to be comfortable sitting in the tension with. There are images of God that we've fled in our lives. And that's what's so kind of revolutionary about trying to be in community with a group of people. It's saying to that group of people, I'm willing to, to trust your images of God. I'm willing to trust what is comfortable and what feels like home to you and allow that to stretch me and trust that in this community that level of stretching won't break me. So it is an activity of trust that we're doing this morning. We're trusting that in this community, the images that people draw or perhaps just write in words will be ones that stretch us without damaging us. Um, but again, as always, I want people to feel comfortable to participate at whatever level you feel comfortable. Yeah, if that's, you know, if you're here for the very first time and you don't know if you can trust this community, you can just look at your own image and sit with your own image. You might not want to wander around and look at other people's. Um, so it's, please, you know, make your own choices and make sure that you keep yourself safe. Uh, yeah, so the practice, as, as it says up there, is just to draw an image of God that you feel really comfortable with, that feels like home to you. You can also just write a description if you don't feel comfortable drawing. Um, and so I'll give you about five, 10 minutes to do this. 
And at the end of that time, if you are comfortable sharing your image, you may not be, and that's fine. You can just turn it face down and people will not look at it. But if you feel comfortable sharing your image, just leave it face up on your table and then we'll have some time to wander around and look at each other's images. And if you've got any questions, just put your hand up and I'll come and help you. Okay, so just while you're finishing up, um, just wanted to repeat that you don't need to share what you've written or drawn. It's entirely up to you. If you don't want to share it, you don't want people to, to, to look at it, then just you can turn it over or put it in your bag or whatever it might be. But what we're going to do now is just for five minutes or so, I'm going to invite you to, um, to stand up and wander around the space and have a look or a read of what other people have drawn or written. And yeah, just, I guess, take a note of anything that really strikes you, anything that surprises you, anything that perhaps challenges you. Bearing in mind the whole time that the, the context for this is thinking about stretching our images of prayer so that, or images of God so that we might be able to re-engage with that God. Okay, so yeah, five minutes now to just wander around and look at what people have created and noticing what strikes you. So what we might do uh, in the few minutes between now and communion is just open up to people's um, yeah, feedback on things that really connected with them. I guess in the interest of kind of safety, I want to invite you just to talk about something that really connected you in, connected with you in a kind of positive and kind of life-giving way. There may have been some that were a bit uncomfortable for you or the ones that surprised you or ones that we might, you know, if that's a conversation you want to have with someone else at another time, that's fine. But for now, um, just conscious of the fact that these are kind of comfortable places of home for everyone, we want to just kind of keep that in mind as we share uh, so does anyone have anything that they wanted to say, oh, that, this one really connected with me in a surprising way? Um, I love, there's, there's one over here which is like a, a kind of, like it looked like an ocean scene, but it kind of been ripped. Um, and there's something about that, <laughs> that sense of um, something torn off and what, what else is there that I can't see that really <laughs> connected with me, of that sense of beauty and mystery. Um, so that's a great thing about this kind of activity. You can just project all over other people's drawings. <laughs> um, yeah, anything that really stood out for you, Warwick? Uh, I went to the kids' table, and I don't think they were playing the game, but there was this one that just looked like a balloon with a smiley face on the top, and it, I really liked it. It was a really joyful drawing, and also the kind of lightness that I sometimes feel when I think about God was really refreshing. Um, there was one that looked like a connect the dots drawing, which 
um, kind of, yeah, can be really literal, but I don't know, in a more kind of, uh, I don't know, broader sense, I really liked that because there's been times in my life where I felt kind of lost or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's self-explanatory, but it's, yeah, not super literal as well. I just like that one, yeah. Um, there was one I really liked that had, like, space, uh, like planets and um, and then underneath a picture of someone washing someone else's feet. And I really love the scale of that, of the, like, the small micro in-between people moments and also the bigness of the cosmos. And that fits with my image of God. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, I found it. Um, so deeply moving, like each image just kind of cracked my sense of God wider and wider and wider than my my usually small image, like the bath and the dense forest and, and, and it's so beautiful. Thanks, Sarah. I don't know if it will quite counts because it was so wasn't so much I was you know walking around looking at the drawings and just all of a sudden my eye was just drawn to the you know the, the couple of beautiful mothers over to the side and you know little babies climbing on them and smiling and laughing and and I was just struck by how previously you know I've struggled to see you know that you know mother child relationship in God because being a mother is so exhausting and you just look at a mother and go isn't God supposed to be all powerful and not just this you know tired worn out I'm not not suggesting that's how the, the mothers look this morning but just just from experience of having children and uh, and and uh, you know living with their mother as well um, it can be exhausting and just but just sort of uh, in the last few years obviously my perception of God has changed and being able to see that yeah that um depiction of God in an exhausted but you know deeply loving mother is was just that that's just really what caught my eye while wandering around today um I was just captivated by God with love heart eyes in the back corner over there and I don't don't believe in heaven and hell at all but just thought it'd be so funny if you got to heaven and there was this like love heart eye cloud god just like welcome <laughs> so funny yeah that was super special the good thing is i edit the podcast so i can edit out the fact that josh doesn't believe in heaven and hell because because of, of course everyone here does just so you know oh no you drew, drew reptilian eyes yes I was struck by that one. <laughs> yeah. Red reptile god. But it is, yeah, it's, it, it's, that one really, not meant to talk about this kind of thing because I, I made the rules and I'm breaking them, but um, yeah, that one really hit me. <laughs> and I think it was a beautiful inclusion in that, um, yeah, that kind of dangerous, non-domesticated God, um, yeah, yeah, just that, yeah, fundamental beyondness of God, which um, it's easy for us to, in our desire for safety, to exclude the unsafe character of God. No, the world's not safe. So, mm. so thanks, Nat. Courageous reptilian eyes. All right, thank you. Um, what I thought might be um, 
a good idea is if you feel comfortable just, and again, you don't have to do this, but if you feel comfortable just leaving your pictures on the tables um, after we finish and so that anyone that wants to take a photo of a particular one that might actually aid them in their prayer life, that could be a beautiful gift. And again, if you're willing to leave it, you can, you can take it with you if, you if you would like to, irrespective of whether you're comfortable with us taking photos of it or not. But um, yeah, I might collect them afterwards and just to you know, talk to Shane and Tamsin about how maybe we might present them to people as a kind of prayer stimulus kind of thing. Um, so anyway, entirely up to you. But thank you. Thank you for participating in that. I know it's, um, yeah, I'm always in awe of this community's willingness to give themselves over to activities like this. So thank you. That's very generous of you and kind of you. Um, so I'm conscious of the fact that we have um, a hot chip fueled AGM to get to. So uh, let's move to communion. Um, and again, as we said last week, communion is one of those things that we do week in and week out and which can be such a powerful ritual to participate in together and, and yet there are weeks when uh, we, we can kind of sail through it without kind of any real attention to what's going on and that's fine. <laughs> we all have those weeks. But it is, again, a challenge for us to, to do this ancient and beautiful and powerful ritual every week and still find life in it. And um, sadly, I haven't prepared anything to stimulate that this morning. <laughs> um, so it's up to you. But what, what we do is we just come forward and... Um, crack the crackers, take a little bit of cracker, take a little thing of juice. We form a loose circle and um, when everyone has some juice and cracker and is in the circle, then we pray and eat and drink together. As always, if you don't want to participate or you don't feel comfortable participating this morning, that is totally fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, come forward if you would like and take some cracker and juice and then we'll eat and drink together. Uh, as with last week, we're going to finish with the, the blessing on the screen. Um, one of the beautiful kind of resources for uh, images of the divine are obviously First Nations peoples and their images. You can see a picture by Safina Stewart of Bunjil. And, yeah, a blessing by Brooke Prentice that I'll read to finish off this morning. May our footsteps on these ancient lands remind us of creation and connectedness in our search for truth. May the gum tree, from its roots to its branches, remind us to dig deep and reach high in our action for justice. May the eagle who soars in the sky remind us of the power in our call for love. May the expanse of the lands and seas of the sky and stars remind us of God's timing in our faith in hope. May the Holy Three, Creator Spirit, Lord God, Papa Jesus, remind us of community. So with grace, mercy and peace, go in truth, justice, love and hope. Amen.